Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Hey everyone, I've been enjoying connecting with the Channel 101 scene more recently, and this will be a different kind of treat. We're talking people that go way back with me, our stellar musicians, artists, and people, and, and both people I've actually been in the same room with and witnessed doing what they do live. Chatting with Bella and Fernando a while back, and Jeff Bryant, who's going to be on next week, uh, really reminded me of the wonderful connections I've been able to make through music, making it... Uh, and so far back in my life, I'm, I'm getting a little teary right? This is a band who, when you listen to their music, you think rock stars. And when most people think rock stars, they think easy living, an always yes person by an entourage of strangers or something. But the Manic Boys and Girls Club legitimately only sing what they know and all of the humanity and inner struggles that go along with it. I'm not saying others don't, but the band I'm about to finish introducing eventually, because I like to ramble. It's my show. The Manic Boys and Girls Club is two people that aren't afraid to be seen as the human beings, as beautifully flawed and fragile as we really are. And as a result of that, those of us who can find and adore their music can feel like, hey, maybe these amazing anthems are written for us. And according to Bella and Fernanda Ferreira, that's actually the whole point. And if I'm paraphrasing poorly, hear them talk about it in this interview which will be coupled by music, both recorded for one and live off the floor performances for the other two, that you can watch on their Facebook page uh, as linked in the show notes. Before I throw to that, let me just say that it means so much to me to have been able to lock this time with them. Uh, I feel like I only scratched the surface. It's kind of like a better version of my first interviews. Uh, But on the bright side, it's a great introduction for those who need one. It was a great time. And I really did enjoy just interacting with these sweet people so much. And I didn't want it to end. Uh, We enter the conversation with the transitional music of a song I'll play in full later on, which is the Manic Boys and Girls Club performing Where Is My Mind? How are you guys? Yeah, yeah, take your time. Good, how are you? It's my yeah, it's been a long time. I know. You just do not age. What is your secret, Todd? <laughs> I think you actually look younger now than when I first met you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird how much weight aged me. So like as I've gotten a little bit smaller over the years, yeah. DH, if I hadn't just shaved, you would have seen just how much white is in my beard. And it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you look... Pretty Benjamin Button from over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How have you been lately? I saw the the acoustic video that you made for Blackout. Love it. Aw, yeah, thank you. So we've got a bunch more coming up, hopefully another one in the next couple of days. We've just kind of been doing that kind of uh, just to, you know, fill the space between, you know, now and whenever things get kind of rolling, right? So nice. that's all we're kind of doing yeah if we can't have some form of like performing and we start to get to a very dark place it starts like nothing makes sense and we're like what is the point of all this so we're trying to still have some form of performance you know I totally dog, my dog agrees yeah <laughs> the dog's like i'm, I'm the drummer 
This it's it's kind of weird. It's it's not as weird with people that I've never met before to do this, given that other times it has been in person. Yeah. And, uh, I miss you guys. This is really cool. So let's get started. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sitting here chatting with a brother and sister, Bill and Fernando of Manic Boys and Girls Club. You're listening to TD and the Chicken. <laughs> bark, bark, bark. We've known each other, you two and I, for a long time, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, goes back. I love chatting of days of old. <laughs> Anything to escape the torches of the present, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. right? <laughs> it hurts. I never know what people remember, so I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it hurts to laugh. First thing, <laughs> I really love the name, the Manic Boys and Girls Club. It, it's very Sergeant Peppery to me, you know, Beatles. Um, oh, cool. I, I'd love to know how you guys came up with it. Um, it's fairly recent. And I think now more than ever, there's kind of like a sense of um, like, I think we are more unified with everything that's going on in the world. Um, mm-hmm. So we like the idea of like the the image of like a club where we're all kind of like uh, part of something together. And I think uh, more than ever, we, us personally, and so many, I think people that relate with like the ups and downs of everything from your personal life to your, to our musical career, to everything that's involved. So it's really like a manic kind of ride. And it's like a manic boys and girls club that we're all part of. I dig it. It's like late summer, early fall, 2020. We all know what's going on. And you're in Toronto. Can you tell me what it's like from your own perspective? Everything's just so different. I don't know. I feel like a few months back, we all kind of accepted, you know, the world on pause. I think everyone was forced to be a little more creative with what they do with their time or what they do musically or what, I don't know. I feel like we all kind of like appreciate our personal time more, our time with family. And now I feel like we're kind of like in an in-between where like things aren't really smooth sailing. Everything's still kind of up in the air. It's still kind of scary, but we're kind of pretending it's not. I don't know. So it's a, it's a kind of a huge mess. So who knows what's going to happen now? Like with like shows opening up or like, you know, venues opening up. I have, I don't know. I think we have no idea what to expect. I think everyone's, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Toronto's really a mix, I think, of uh, feelings. Like, I feel like at times downtown feels like nothing is going on and everything is totally feels like 2019. (laughs) Um, You kind of feel it, you know, with a whole other kind of neighborhood or a whole other group of people or whether it's different age groups. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think day by day, like you go through a little bit of a roller coaster, even emotionally, like when you see the crowds of people on patios or whatever. It gives you hope because like, oh, you know, things are going back to normal. But then you also get frustrated because you're like, no, they're not. We're fooling ourselves and we may be actually really, really worsening um, this whole mess. And you just never know what to expect. And now I feel like me personally, I don't even know what to believe anymore because I don't know if anybody really knows what's going on. And they're just pretending they know because it seems like every day there's something new and, and contradictory to what someone said the day before, whether it's on the news or whatever. And it just, it feels very hopeless, but at the same time, we just have to stop and say, okay, we're going through this really unique experience that is going to be written about in the history books. And we should just, I guess, ride it out. It's, it's a weird time. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think you sort of wish like the proverbial you, like when you hear the people who are like, it's not a big deal. It's not real. It's not, I'm fine. I'll, I'll, I'm going to the grocery store. 
without a mask or whatever. I don't know. It seems like they are having a much easier time. Like, I can't believe <laughs> if only I could be as carefree about it. Is that a question? <laughs> <laughs> it is in 2020. Everything goes in 2020. <laughs> yeah. One of the thrills of my life and most treasured moments as a musician was playing with you guys at this lovely place called the Little Bean in downtown Kitchener before oh. before it was sadly closed. <laughs> that, that was a great night. That was definitely a very it uh, was magical. memorable night for sure. I don't know if I've apologized about this before, but I regret how I made the poster. On the one hand, I was really excited and happy to be playing this trio set with Johnny Stewart and Simon Lewis. I celebrated that on the poster. Really? You guys were at the like, bottom. Hey. On like an eighth of the poster, should have been the whole poster featuring us. Oh God, no, no, no definitely not. Oh, good response. Okay, <laughs> uh. <laughs> let's put it this way. I mean, if if that was uh, like, we have way bigger problems on tour. We've showed up to shows that are like, oh, you guys don't bring your own PA. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So there, there are much bigger issues on uh, in in our performance history. That night I'm talking about actually ended up being us literally in the corner of a bar playing at speaking volume like we are right now. And right. people probably wondering, what is that table doing, you know, in the corner? <laughs> or when they said they had symbols and they don't, so they ended up using um, mailboxes. We went and grabbed mailboxes and made them our symbols because, oh, you don't have a drum kit? Wow. So yeah, the poster is like absolutely the tiniest of tiny things I would never even remember. It was a great night. It doesn't matter. Speaking of the Little Bean, again, beautiful place. Not too long after that, you guys played a show there. It was wicked. I believe you got my friend and I up on stage to join you for a vocal. Again, these are thrills. You guys are such a powerhouse. And then off the stage, uh, sorry. What I'm trying to say is... um, to the effect of having experiences that can be as terrible as the ones you just mentioned, you're very hardworking. I love that. Do you have a story of maybe like the worst experience? Oh man, there are many. There, um, yeah. For me, it was at this festival we did. We were really excited to be part of it here in Toronto. It was an outdoor festival. There was going to be thousands of people there. We were not, however, the priority of the festival by any means and somehow we although we were scheduled for a sound check we didn't get one and somehow in the mix our in-ears got mixed up with the headliners the headlining band the lead singer was the bass player and I got his in-ear system so it was uh, programmed to his liking based on their sound check so all I had in my ears was the bass like full blast (laughs) and nothing else because I guess that singer that's what he requires and that was the only time that I was ready to just throw in the towel like second song in and the only reason why I didn't was because I was like we're not going to get paid and it's that's literally what it came down to we're like we did too much to get this festival it's a write-off I but I've never been so frustrated on stage for a long time for this festival there's tons of people in the audience there's some people wearing your shirts there's it's cool and it's like an outdoor summer thing that you look forward and uh and then you get up there and it's like it it just completely plops in your face it's just like (laughs) ridiculously frustrating for me that's the first thing that comes to mind for sure I don't know about Fernando anyway we ended up playing most of the songs of the set but 
I was not happy. Fernando? <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty bad one. I think I think that's up there for me as well. I think no matter what, we have to go. Like, I think it's just uh, with every bad experience, you, you, you learn your obviously very strong lesson. <laughs> the big thing is reaction and just getting up and trying to do our best. That was probably early on and we were kind of like really thrown off by it. But like, it's like just rip out whatever is in your ears that's throwing you off. You know, that shouldn't have happened. Like it's all, we're, there's always going to be those issues until you're like a, a major headliner. I mean, even like things that are better organized, you know, there's 90% of the time we don't get a sound check. You know, that's reality. Right. And that's life. And you just have to kind of like react and learn to throw, you know, throw the punches. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's so many like from being like, you know, between that to you show up and you're, you're booked with like a metal band. You're like, Whoa, who booked this show? <laughs> you know, I mean, there is, like no one is going to be into what we're doing, but yeah, there's, there are so many stories. I feel like on the flip side and I'd say, I suppose, cause I'm humble. The words I'm humble. What a, what a oxymoron. But I, 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 <laughs> Based on my experiences, I Whoa. feel like I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> How would a band know what a bad experience playing a gig is like? Unless, and I know that y'all are seasoned and played everywhere, you wouldn't have anything to measure it against unless you also had really positive experiences. How would you? How would mm-hmm. you describe? The best case scenario as a performing unit. Best case scenario. I mean, me, best case scenario, like like best best gig, best time at a gig, or no. You know what? I think there are so many factors. I mean, sometimes uh, you know, on the technical side, maybe the room that it's not the best sounding room, but the audience is like totally into it. Or sometimes it was just like, it just sounded great, and the you know it was a beautiful summer night, and it was outdoors. Like I don't know. There's so many we played for very few people, but those few people are super into the bands. You know what I mean? We, yeah. you know, we show up at 12 noon, we sound check. We, go, we, have, we toured in uh, Portugal and all tiny venues, all pretty lax and unorganized. Like we're talking like show starts some nights at 1 a.m. Show start, like we'd show up at like 11 and be like, whoa, this place is empty. Like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. We're still like way early, you know? So... But you're driving through cobblestone roads and having this incredible memory. It's like, it makes it great. You know what I mean? Although the conditions were, you know, we, we were driving around in like a little, uh, it was like a ambulance. borrowed, like a, they lent us like a, I guess a vintage ambulance to drive through. And we got stuck in a tunnel because it was yeah. too big. For the oh, tunnel. and it was too wide to go through this tunnel. And <laughs> everyone was yelling at me to stop. We're not going to make it. I was like, come on, we could totally make this. And like, sure enough, we just like, like <laughs> crushed either side of it. Well, that's rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's so many factors that make things great and not so great. It's <laughs> something. I'll say that. Well, yeah. Hey, so I'm not sure if it's pro or not to mention this, but gratitude and credit where it's due. Fern from the band wasn't nice enough to supply me with the original audio of what they've been recording live recently. I honestly think if I were still in Ontario and did this with them in person, I would have loved to have been in the room. But the quality is, you know, it's better than having them perform over Zoom. You need to hear them sing. You need to hear these lovely songs. Here's the Manic Boys and Girls Club performing their song, 
blacked out. I'm in this crowded room. cover uh it's it's a beloved song as we all know and i've never heard a better cover of it i love that you duoed the vocals i love the execution i love the metal solo or metal ish i i'm i'm saying that but yeah, totally. totally. it, it's it's amazing um choosing that song deciding to to record it put it out there with the world what's the story there i don't even remember how that became like an idea it's just one of those like classic anthems that we you know it starts playing you turn it up like you just love that when you hear it at a bar it's just like one of those special songs i don't know why what it is about it i think Mm -hmm. we first played it for fun in rehearsal and then at some point we played it kind of as a an encore because we were in some small bar and they didn't want us to stop playing because the bar wanted to continue selling alcohol and they had no band booked after us. So, and we tried it out, I think just kind of sporadically. And there was such a ridiculously cool party, you know, reaction to it that we were just like, let's do this every night and let's record it. So it wasn't very thought out. I don't think. I don't even remember it. Yeah. I don't know. It was in Montreal. It might've been been in Montreal that we played for the first time and it really worked i would definitely have to say that one one I, that, that's kind of what i picture when it, whenever a band tributes it to another band it usually comes out of like we love this song we've been we've been playing it for ourselves anyway out of love we want to put it out there 
can we just say the Pixies have not lost it? <laughs> they put out a new album yeah. last year, and it's insanely good. Wow. Speaking of those who have not lost it, <laughs> the reason I'm saying that, as a musician, I, f- I feel like we're always analyzing ourselves, hopefully more so than others, comparing ourselves to what we've done before and maybe not too deeply in thought, but sometimes are like, yep. oh, do I have the same energy? Do I have the same this that, that I had years ago? Uh, I've loved you guys for many, many years and it's, it, it, it's only ever gotten better up to the date of videos on the Facebook group. How do you feel about where you are now? Uh, I mean, the few people that have reached out about the new stuff, it, they kind of are just like, this is the best stuff yet. So that's encouraging. I think as artists, we think we've lost it. <laughs> we think we've lost it clearly in every circuit word. Um, no, but I think you're always kind of tough on yourself. Artists are just—I don't know—we're just born insecure or something. But I think it's definitely—I feel like there's a shift in the way we've written. It's the most like personal kind of not hiding behind any metaphors for the very, very first time. It's very, very transparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if that's translating into people thinking it's our best stuff to date, that is great. It's a win-win. Even though you feel incredibly exposed singing these new songs. <laughs> well, you've always thrilled me lyrically and musically and vocally. Personally, I've, I've loved everything, but certainly it's never sounded better than this. Wow. That means a lot. Thank you. I'll say some things again, and then I'll hand it off to you guys. The like the lyrics and the emotion of the music has always been and is in this very much so. Uh, struck me as like intense and powerful. The stakes are high. It's manic, if you will. Like there's heavy thought, and there's like apology, despair, and vices. And and don't get me wrong. Like the main takeaways, I think, are above all love and hope. Even though it it might not sound light and bubbly like. Uh, time after time it's it's deep but the message is positive is that fair to say and how would you describe the content of the songs i'm so nervous yeah i think you really uh i think you really get it because um i think a lot of what we uh what we uh, write about is you know is hopeful instead of focusing on the you know a song will be about you know perspective of like you know hope for the future so i think you you definitely kind of nailed it with, I guess, at least understanding these few songs you've heard for sure. And I think we just kind of try to keep looking forward. So it's hard to compare ourselves to like what we've done in the past or whatever. We're kind of just like that saying of like not spending your time looking back or sideways at others, just kind of like doing what we're doing. You kind of just hope you're going in the right direction. Bella, do you feel the same way? (laughs) (laughs) True that. Yeah, I think we're just becoming more comfortable in our own skin as we evolve as human beings. No patience or tolerance for BS, so we're just being more upfront with what we feel. And I think it's coming across in the lyrics. And I don't know. That's I don't remember the question. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think it's good. (laughs) It's probably more of a thing than anything now that you found your voice in terms of the musical identity of the band. It's very. I'm sure this is always the intention with any artist. Is there still a model like Michael Jackson would always say that Fred Astaire is one of the greats and he saw himself as, among many things, a modern day Fred Astaire in terms of his commitment to dance. And if you have to go back to the beginning, what would be the epitome of awesome? Loaded question. I'm going to take a stab at this and I may be off. So... One thing we do is we take a lot of time and we don't write very much. 
<laughs> if that sounds uh, strange. I think a lot of, and this is what I mean about not looking sideways, because I think what, you know, what I hear is, you know, bands will go in, write 20 songs for an album, pick their best 10, or they'll go in and start recording like 30 songs, whatever. Um, I know guys that are like, yeah, natural. They write like a song a day at the end of every day, a new song to record a woman. We've never, ever been like that. We will literally write 10 songs and then maybe one gets axed or something and we'll record nine or something. Right. Or maybe there's, it, it, it varies because it also goes, we have that could, could be a problem that we take very long, but we also really don't let uh, a song that we don't absolutely believe in get past like the earliest stages. So that's why things are axed very early, which is why we only complete, you know, exactly what we want to do. So I think that's very different than most bands. And then now in 2020, we kind of have the luxury of like the end of the year. And then we just kind of added a few last minute things like in January, February, and it was done. So it was like, well, nothing's going on. So we're just sitting on this music. And then we went back like late summer and added more and remixed things that we wanted because we had that luxury to sit with it for months, which wouldn't normally happen. So I feel like the, having the luxury of like the time and the really focus on it um, really helped us make something that we're like super sure about, or at least for ourselves, you know what I mean? Like very proud of, I guess. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with the question. For those of you who've not listened to the podcast before, I tend to give a lot of context. When I ask a question, I don't want any misunderstanding. So I'll, I'll say way too much, not to guide the answer, but to guide people into thinking that I both know where proverbially we're all coming from. And what you said, at least about the approach, I really resonate with. You ever see those like, maybe kind of like spinal tappy, British haggard, oh, you know, we, we just went in and we you know, just knocked off an album or two, you know, it's so casual. It's like, <laughs> oh, you know, um, one hour we wrote this little ditty, ended up being a number one solo in England, you know. It just seems so... <laughs> Seems so delightful. What's that like? <laughs> Again, uh, I'll remove my lips from your butts eventually, but what you guys do put out there when it's ready, dynamite. Well, great handoff past me. This is uh, the Manic Boys and Girls Club once again performing live off the floor. This is an acoustic rendition of their song, Start Over Again which I remind you is something that you can watch on their Facebook page. Links will be provided in the show notes. You're welcome. So that one.
Kids that didn't want to finish school, you wanted to start a band. How did your parents take that? Like for real? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think they were like thrilled, but I we can't really complain. They didn't like kick us out of the house or anything. You know what I mean? This I, I think they're for you know Portuguese first generation Canadian parents. They were pretty uh, supportive. Yeah, even things that they don't understand. I think it's it's. If you just kind of follow the the ones that they have, they're incredibly uh, hardworking and focused, and they always have been. They kind of think if you apply that to anything that you're passionate about, then we'll support it and somewhat approve, I guess. They also, you know, like so many other immigrants, have kind of a unusual drive, like going into a new country, not having very much money, not speaking any of the language, and creating a life for yourself and starting family and eventually owning a car and eventually owning a home for them they don't they think nothing's crazy nothing's impossible so we have that luxury of having people like that be our parents and uh we took full advantage of it right. <laughs> we're like cool we don't have to go to university cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> i think it is it is a blessing well based on your experience or just thinking about it in general like how how important would you say it is for for any artist or group to have as much of a like a strong support system in the home and or socially when you're saying like i i want to do something big especially early on i think it personally i don't know if now is gonna agree with me i think it really depends on the person because like i do my best work i do my best accomplishments anything when i'm told i'm never gonna be able to do it or i'm not good enough or whatever because i that's when my adrenaline starts is i have to uh prove everybody wrong oh you don't um, have male privilege really, really <laughs> it's so dope <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy but like i love the challenge i don't mean it in a hateful or stubborn or like bitter way at all i just i was being i'm glib. like okay game you know but then there's other people that are just like crushed if some if even one person has something you know uh Dis, what's the dis I'm looking for? <laughs> this courteous dis. Uh, what the hell? What's the opposite of motivating? <laughs> dis something. Yeah. <laughs> I swear we write our own lyrics, okay? <laughs> yeah, so I think it does depend. To answer your question, I think we actually answered this one. Um, <laughs> I, I think it depends on the person. It depends on the artist who's on the receiving end of the support or lack of support. Right. Done. Mic drop. <laughs> You're both wonderful singers. I I love when you team up on an octave or like together and on your own in the songs. A really cool dynamic. What was the song most sung, whether it was in front of the mirror or in the shower or in the car? Uh, That's a tough one. You know, like me personally, I think Bella's always kind of been a singer. 
I don't even really consider myself a singer. Shut I, up. Uh, I sing so I don't have to deal with a singer. I'm telling you, that's the honest, honest <laughs> truth. I only sing so I don't have to deal with a singer. That, that's reality. And Bella's the only other singer that I could deal with. It's my sister. So Aww. we're kind of like <laughs> the same. Um, that's it. I will say that till the day I die. It doesn't matter how much success or how little success um, this band has. Uh, I'll never be like uh, that. That's just, I, yeah, there's nothing more true than that for me personally. Bella? I mean, I always had in my head, I was a singer. I don't know. I think the first time I ever recorded something and heard it back, I was like, maybe <laughs> I've been fooling myself all along. The way he feels about singing is the way I feel about playing the piano. I took on piano lessons. We started piano, We started music lessons very early. And I really secretly wanted to sing, but I was just way too shy. I even felt like vain even saying like, I'm going to be a singer and you guys are going to listen to my voice. So I was just like, uh, yeah, I want to play the piano. I really had no interest in learning the piano at all. That was just my way of somehow making music without coming out and saying I actually wanted to sing. So I always feel like I'm not a good enough piano player, even though I studied for years and Fernando for some reason doesn't consider himself primarily a singer, even though I think he's a great singer. People tell him all the time, but it's just, it's funny how we see ourselves versus what's projected to the world and how other people perceive us. Well, it's we, like we are making music for that, for the anti singers. Like it's not, there's not going to be these like, our music is for the people that want to stare in the mirror and sing along to these songs and feel good about themselves. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I can't sing along to a Mariah Carey song. Who the hell wants to sing along to a Celine Dion or Mariah Carey, right? Right. That's a lot of what our band is actually about, but it's, it's true. I think that's what any, any great band does, especially at an age where you're still processing your own emotions and trying to reckon with them and, and, and your life experiences a great band will be the one to give your feelings a voice so that you have that thing you can sing in front of the mirror and even cry to. Like I, it was Aerosmith's ballads from the, from the eighties that I would sing and cry to when I started writing songs. And that's how I, that's how I was born, Mm -hmm. if you will. But given how I would, and you uh, hopefully equally described your music, it's very good for that. Cause I'm sure people can relate to, to what you're singing about. I mean, we hope so. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think the more excited I, I, the more excited I am to talk to people, the the more self conscious I get. But man, we I just told you I'm not a singer. Bella doesn't really play piano. <laughs> I think it's almost uh, a pre. I'm stealing my friend Rob Zabo's words, but it's like a prerequisite to being an artist. You have to have some sort of boulder on your shoulder about yourself. And hopefully because it makes you, it makes you work harder. It makes you push against that wall. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Good answer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Direct. We don't fuck around. It's in the music, baby. Um, Okay. I, I wouldn't call it like a gimmick, but it's, it's been three of my favorite little ditties of questions to, to come to the end, towards the end of the show, the show podcast chat with. No, you know what? I just have to assume you do. You play uh, game apps on your phones, and if so, what what's the dumbest video game app that you'd spend the most time playing? I mean, I don't at all, at all. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> this is like the buzz killing. Sorry, man. That's kind of weird I, considering like, how much time you guys spend at airports. Come on. Yeah, I just have a problem. Like, I just think there's 
too many of us looking at our phones as it is out of necessity. I'm not going to, if true. it's not necessary, I'm going to try to not look at my phone. It makes me so nervous when like people have just become robots. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of, of, of any of that stuff. And I, I have, a, I think, a bit of an addictive personality. So I don't even want to dabble in it because I'm afraid I might get hooked on some, what is it? Like, can't, like, I don't just different. <laughs> Candy Crush or something. <laughs> candy Crush. I need that Candy Crush. <laughs> Wordscapes, whatever. Like I don't. I don't. I rather. Uh, yeah. No. No. Yeah, I can't say I do either. Um, I don't know. So yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, that, like your, seriously, your like, final like no, I loved it. You didn't, you didn't just say, "Oh, we don't play any." Like you, you, you explained why, which is just as good of an answer. It's, I, I mean, because we're pretty passionate about that. Like it's, it's nuts. I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it really gets under my skin. I, and I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I think, and you know, it, it ebbs and flows. But I've, I've for the most part found like a, a balance. I'm I'm very selective of my decision to click the button that opens up a social media thing and yeah time. no there's no judgment like you know, oh, yeah. at all by the way oh no I, I <laughs> waste you, it's just like I've always personally I've always had this like clock in my head since I was a kid like there's there's just like the countdown till life is over it's really bizarre and I highly uh, I'm sure it's it's probably not healthy. I just, I'm not going to waste, like, I don't even watch TV unless it's in the middle of the night and I absolutely can't sleep just because I have this weird anxiety about not having enough time on earth. It's, but that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) So I just, yeah. Do you see a creepy looking bunny rabbit in the middle of the night? (laughs) Pop culture reference. (laughs) No, I've lived in a haunted house, so I've seen other things. So I don't know if anyone caught that. Please forgive me, Podcasters Guild. It's exactly what you think happened. A guest just told me that they lived in a haunted house. And my response to that was nothing. It was nothing. I'll take whatever punishment you see fit. Oh, please be gentle. Anyway, you heard a sample of it before. This is the Manic Boys and Girls Club and a really nicely recorded cover of the Pixies' Where Is My Mind in the style of their music and as raw and wild as the classic they're tributing. Please enjoy Where Is My Mind by the Manic Boys and Girls Club.
closing uh, social get to know you things that uh, if it can spark, there's there there was a spark mm-hmm. and it worked. I love it. So the <laughs> cool. what's the worst thing that someone could say to you? Oh, it's not very lightning roundy. Sorry. If, if I don't know if I feel misunderstood or if, or if someone tells me that they were hurt by something I said or did, and I know I didn't mean to, it really bothers me, and I I, I can't sleep, and it's it's bad. I, it's bad how much it affects me. Uh, Fernando, <laughs> um, the worst thing someone could say, don't know. Um, Your band sucks. Said <laughs> I was shred on the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. I think I, I don't listen that much, to be honest. Uh, I listen too much. <laughs> I, I don't listen that much. I just try to go on living. I, I'm not sure. I don't have an answer for you. I'm sorry, man. I don't know. I, I don't I don't really uh, pay that much attention. For these kind of questions, like a, a response is the best answer. I mean, uh, everyone around us is caring way too much. And I don't mean caring too much about how they affect people or how people are affected by them. I think we just care too much about, you know, uh, yeah, like how external how validation, you know, we're, maybe that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, you know, and I think everyone's just following way too much of what's going on around them and being way too affected. And the insecurities that are being created by like social media is insane. I think that all derives from like a lot of this looking at ourselves a certain way in comparison to to you know to your to your neighbor's lawn or whatever you know, mm-hmm. I think we'll be over COVID long that- before we get over that. <laughs> <laughs> For the last one, gonna flip it. What is the nicest thing someone could say to you? And it doesn't even even need to be in the context of like the world, but like maybe like friends and family. I guess we haven't heard it. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I think I think what we strive for is just to make anyone we interact with make their life better just for that moment or that day or whatever is already huge. You know what I mean? So if someone's like, if you made someone smile or like, you know, cracked a joke that they liked, that's pretty special. You know what I mean? It's It's as simple as that. You know, if you just try to make, I think that would be the nicest thing someone can say. It's like, wow, I'm better because of you, or I feel better because of you, you know? Yeah, it's like people always say, you won't be remembered by things you say, but people will remember how you made them feel. And I think that's, there's so much truth to that. So if you don't sweat the small stuff, like if someone says like, I understand what you mean, or I, I get it, I get you, I, that's, I think, the best feeling. You know, they could see past maybe you saying the wrong thing or saying the wrong way or being in the wrong mood, but they just get it. You know, they get you. And they can overlook the shenanigans. Yeah, I think it just feels really good when you can be understood, even without the right words necessarily. Or they can understand you being Captain Overexplano. <laughs> so, um, well, it just so happens that, and I've said this already, in listening to the music over a long period of time and having gotten to be around you in person, Pre-COVID, I've had nothing but wonderful and very memorable experiences just being in your company, seeing you guys play. Amazing, man. Likewise. Same and, here. Same here. And and it, I've, I've received nothing but mutual support the other way, too. Like, not only was it like, hey, do you want to chat on the radio show with us? 
hell yeah, get over here, radio, FM radio. People, do you remember that? Uh, the, <laughs> but you also took the time to acknowledge me and my music. And like that meant a lot as a musician to have this band that I really like and the people in it. It's only because you're talented. We wouldn't be that nice. Okay. You <laughs> <laughs> you're like, we can't hang with him. He's not talented. No, man, your stuff's amazing. I love your voice. I love what you have to say. So it's, yeah, we definitely, uh, it just feels good sharing the same space sometimes. So yeah. It's cool. And I think that the things that Fern, that you just said, like that, that, that is how it is for me with you guys. The experiences were nothing but good. And because you're so warm, I find you to be very warm and um, get a little emotional. And uh, <laughs> no, it, it, it means a lot that you've, that you've never forgotten me. It's been, God, uh, 12, 13 years, I think, going on. And I certainly won't hesitate to once again let you know that the new music is fucking killer. And do you have maybe like a a timeline on when we could expect the end result? Really? <laughs> the end result. Yeah. yeah. I think You're lucky the music is even finished, man. <laughs> like I we we very much believe that it's never finished. You just kind of choose to stop. Very much like if we revisit any of our, you know, previous material, we will change things and rewrite things like we will never stop so the fact that we kind of like pulled the plug and got this mixed is already like huge for us but release wise I'm, I'm not sure i don't know it depends when things kind of start rolling with like booking a tour and you know if you know we kind of want to time things right in the meantime we're kind of we're performing all the new music acoustically just at home and putting it up on our social media so we've done um two songs and we're uh, our third one will probably be posted like in the next couple of days, maybe Monday we'll post the third one. So that's part of the way there. But yeah, for the meantime, we're just kind of like performing some acoustic songs, some covers, some requests, whatever, some old songs. We're just like playing and, you know, filming ourselves at home while we're figuring everything else out with like release time. Right on. But I mean, hoping for late fall, you okay, know, nice. October. That's like a just throwing it out there. I can't. It's like you know, it's a nothing. It's a one in twelve shot. I'm saying October. It's like one in twelve shots. It's gonna be October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't celebrate birthday month, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it as a as a birthday present because my birthday is in October. That was Fernando's. That was mine. And mine was yesterday. That's right. Happy belated. Shit. I mean, yesterday in context of when this goes up might be that I can I could take that out and just enjoy the moment of saying that (laughs) (laughs) the last 24 hours (laughs) awesome my instant reflection would say that was a very good time like i I, i'm always just happy to talk with you guys so and by the way i I say guys genderlessly it's 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 uh... (laughs) i am offended what do you mean by that (laughs) thanks for listening to another episode of the todd donald show Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it.
Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.